earphones on, I take it. Yeah. Or let me make sure. Did you already turn this one down, Matt? Huh? Yeah. All right. Sorry, the two guys I work with on the men's room, they listen to theirs very loud. Yep. And then there's a knob right there, Kevin. Up or down if you need to adjust the volume at all. Gotcha. Uh, what else? You good? Everybody good on water? Yep. All right, fire it up, Matt. Good day. You are listening to a podcast, but this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. All this. What the? This is the podcast starring the tits. Starring the tits. Start the uh, starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. The podcast starts you better wear a helmet now the podcast what's up it's your boy the ted smith will be hosting this here podcast the greatest podcast in all the land all the land uh to the left of me actually he's to the right of me uh he's always here unless he's somewhere in southeast asia on two wheels he goes by the name of Cobb. Cobb, what's going on shares the podcast trading higher today as word spread through ballard that matt is back on that bullshit Cobb is Commodore of Capitol Hill, and downtown Ted is putting down uptown numbers. The erstwhile bachelor said to the Capitol Grill staff, and I quote, this summer, I find my new bitch, unquote. Shares up three and a quarter. (laughs) All right, back there on the wheels of steel, getting a studio all set up. Also filling up the monstrous water bottle that he is now walking around with. Yeah. Matt Comer, the producer, MCTP. What's up, Matt? Hey, Ted. How many ounces is that thing? Full gallon. Insulated. That's, that's amazing. Double vacuum insulated or whatever all the rage is. But I just needed, yeah, just one of the one that I only had to fill up once a day. Because during the day, I'm kind of the, I kind of run the roost. I got a 40 ouncer. Yeah, you do. <laughs> right, but then you show up with that thing, and uh, 40 ounces doesn't seem yeah. like that much water. Yeah, it's it's all it's a big water bottle contest. Where does it end? Every day of my life. <laughs> the, Where, I, you know what? Starts and ends right here. <laughs> I think it ends with people just taking banana bags at work. Just straight IVs. <laughs> hydrated. Someday. Hydrated AF. Oh, you're still hydrating with a water bottle? Get out of here. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, uh, the next big hydration thing, and Cobb and I learned this at Burning Man, pickle juice. Yeah, anything with electrolytes, really. Yeah, like but I have that. a feeling now pickle juice, like, some people are like pickle juice. There's probably going to be a fancy pickle juice. It's going to be the next, like, coconut oil. Or yeah. coconut water. Coconut water, yeah. pickle juice, all that kind of stuff. Have you guys had that liquid IV stuff? It's basically what's in a banana bag, like potassium, uh, sodium bicarbonate. Do and, you uh, drink it or you mean it, like an actual it, it's RV? It's like a, um, no, it's like a, a powder that you put in a drink. It's got like a little bit of sugar oh, in it. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's great. All right, all right. Uh, let's see. All right, so today we have a guest in with us, uh, Kevin, man, I was going to say Keister. Kester. Kevin Kester. Nice. nice. <laughs> uh, Kevin is a friend of a mutual friend of ours, uh, Brad Evans. Uh, he's also a CrossFit Games competitor. Uh, Kevin, welcome in, man. Thanks, yeah. man. Yeah. Welcome. Glad to be here. All right. So, obviously, uh, just looking at you, you're in great shape. I followed you on Instagram. What? Uh, how does one? How does one start out? I mean, obviously, fitness must be a lifestyle, but how did you start out getting into CrossFit, and then how did you get to the games? You know, funny enough, it was Brad's wife that got me into CrossFit. All right. Yeah, so she was going uh, to Kirkland CrossFit, and we were talking one day. She said, you got to come in here with me, man. you got to give this a try. So uh, I went once and didn't go back for about six months, and it wasn't that I didn't love it, but I just, I'm like, man, I don't know if I can fit a scheduled workout into my life, right? I just go whenever I can, whether it's 5 o'clock in the morning, 8 o'clock at night. 
about six months later, I, you know, life changed a little bit. I'm like, okay, I can get some time in. And uh, I went in and fell in love with it. So from there, you know, as one of the coaches uh, at the gym said, you know, you ought to think about competing. And by the way, would you please buy some CrossFit shoes, right? And, <laughs> and so I, uh, I thought about it and, you know, eventually uh, ended up doing the Open in 2016 just to kind of see where I'd fall out. And um, that year I was like 50th in the world. And I was like, okay, next year I'll age up. I'll be the youngest guy in my age group. I'll get after it for a year, try to learn some things. Uh, so that's what I did. So in 2017, I was pretty much on a mission, right? I was turning 50. I had a goal, right? And nice. uh, I went after it. And, you know, it was kind of crazy only be doing CrossFit for two years, step in, and then go win the CrossFit Games. So, oh, wow. Uh, I don't think yeah. I realized that you'd already won them once. Yeah, I won uh, 2017. I won the Games. Wow. Damn. Yeah. And how is it broken up for people that don't uh, that don't know? Like, Is it, is it just age? I mean... Yeah, so there's what they call the individuals is 18 to 35, and then you've got the masters, which I'm a a master, and that's every five years starting at uh, 35 to 40 or 36, 40, you know, and then it goes goes up from there, you know. All right. So I'm in the 50, 54 category. So what happened? I mean, I got to ask, who was the dude last year? What happened? Oh, I did. Actually, some guy I train harder and kind no, of like up, knock you off the perch. No, last year I didn't compete. It was like, oh, all like right. I said I, it wasn't this lifelong dream of mine. It just kind of fell into it, and and so last year I didn't compete. And what I realized was, you know, that maybe I had kind of a natural ability and a gift, maybe that uh, I could inspire a lot of people, right? And that was yeah. the biggest thing I took away from the games. It was really cool because. You know, the purse for the Masters is really nothing to brag about. It's Obviously, it's great to get a little purse and win the games. Um, you know, it was, it was really about all the people, whether that be my employees, my family, my friends, you know, people that I just met. Like, man, that was so inspiring, right? So that was huge, and I missed it last year. And I thought, you know, for me, when I turned 50 – I was like, I had a mission. I, I like, I wanted to go win the games, man. I had a gray beard rocking. I was feeling good, right? And so, and then after <laughs> still I'm like, got a strong beard, yeah. But yeah. I was like, I'm all grown up, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so after that, uh, you know, I was talking to my wife, and I'm like, you know, what's my mission right now? I'm I'm gonna be maybe 65 something when I even think about retiring, right? I love what I do, so I'm not about to retire. What am I gonna do for the next? What's my goal? What's my mission? And I thought hard about it, and I thought, you know what? This is my time to give back, right? So I say, one, I want to inspire people. I want to get people, you know, to get out there and push for their dreams. Um, two, you know, give back in, in with charities, you know, things that we yeah. do. You know, Strong Against Cancer, my wife and I started a fundraiser last year. We'll be doing a big workout. you got to come do that yeah. with me. Yeah, that um, sounds fun. You know, so we started that. Uh, and then mentoring, mentor, mentorship through my business and with uh, Apex Steel, Apex Tower Crane, and start to mentor the the young generation that's coming up. So, you know, any way I can give back. So that's my plan for the next few years. And so I decided to come back in 2019 and give it a go. And I uh, just found out here at 5 o'clock tonight, they closed the qualifiers, and I'm headed back to the games. I just qualified after the weekend. Nice. nice. Congratulations. Yeah. Hell yeah. 
How is so? Uh, I mean, this was years ago, but I did CrossFit for about two months. That's a very positive. Like the group helps each other. So when you go to the games, is it are people? Is it still that kind of environment, or is it a little more competitive because now you're at the games? It's definitely competitive, but. I- when I went in 17, I met some amazing guys. Like, everybody kind of has the same mindset, right? Like, they talk about the fact that, you know, you've got to be great just to suck at the games. <laughs> so everybody has, that, everybody has that same mindset, right? There's a bunch of competitors there, and they were just super, super cool guys. And, uh, you know, I still have cool friendships with a handful of them. Cool. Man, that's unbelievable. So you so you had only done CrossFit for two years— and then went and won the games. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Had you played any sports previously? What yeah, I mean, so, so, you know, CrossFit's made up of really kind of three things. Uh, Olympic weightlifting, which I'd never done. No clue about Olympic weightlifting. So that was my downfall. Uh, gymnastics, I was a very competitive gymnast as a youth. All right. So that was, for me, that was it, right? And then endurance, and I've always been in endurance sports. So I had two of the three, and I had to work really hard at the Olympic lifting. Gymnasts are always savage athletes, by yeah. the way. I mean, just in general. You know what I mean? The great balance and, like, really good, like, dense musculature. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, that, Gymnasts are always pretty, pretty stacked. In, uh, in school, you know, I was a wrestler for years, and that's just, that's just a mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that work was, ethic. Yeah, that's for wrestling. sure, right? Great. <laughs> well, wrestling, like I played a few sports growing up. Wrestling was by far the hardest one. Sam. Yeah. Sam. One-on-one, on one, man. I mean, you know, there's nobody else out there. No team. You know, I mean, you've got a team, but not on the mat at the same time. Well, I think that's one of the reasons, too, like for all the athletes there is in the world, I think there's a, there's a lot of people that will always respect a boxer or a wrestler or an MMA fighter because – you're right. Once you get in there, it's just you. But also, like, when you go home at night, like, there's not somebody sitting there. Like, you decide what goes in your body, what doesn't. Like, it's a very personal thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess golf is personal, but that ain't the same. <laughs> yeah, with those fight sports, you have to be all in, too. Because you're like, you know, at the end of the day, like, you're you're putting it all on the line and pushing yourself to the limit against another man inside a steel cage or on a mat or whatever. So it's a pretty, yeah, I think they get a lot of respect for that reason for one the work ethic it takes to get there and get underweight and whatever and then two you know just to put it all on the line in front of a crowd which crossfit games kind of similar and you guys aren't fighting each other but it is in front of a crowd yeah 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 we had a buddy he was going i forget the name of the gym but he decided he was going to take one year and get in like crazy shape so he's down in scottsdale and he joins his crossfit gym <laughs> oh, yeah, right and like i mean i kid you not it, like he showed up a year later and he's just he said he wanted to feel 18 again. He was, yeah. what, 37 at the time, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. And he looked it. Mm-hmm. He sure yeah. did. Then he went for a jog and tore his Achilles. <laughs> <laughs> but That's he was no monstrous. Good. But he would talk about these dudes at his gym and, and women in his gym that were preparing for the games. And he's like, you have no idea. Like, this is a different level of athlete. It, it's crazy. And being at the games, they, have, they call it uh, Athlete Village. So it's where all the athletes stay. And we all kind of hang out in there. And I mean, some of the the women that compete there are ridiculous. I mean, I, tough. Yeah. <laughs> where is the, where are the games held? So, uh, this year it's in Madison, Wisconsin. Oh no, kidding. Yeah, yeah. It's been in uh, California since it originated, and then last year was the first year and second year in Madison. Yeah, first in two seventeen was the first year. So, I think lifting stuff has to be in the Midwest, right? <laughs> 
Because the, the big uh, bodybuilding contest is always in Columbus, right? So it's like... Uh, well, MetaRx yeah. World's Strongest Man? <laughs> is that what it's called? <laughs> I don't know. Is that the one that's in Columbus that you're talking about? No. It might, be, carry, the, like, it might Africa be the Arnold. Stone. It might be... No, no, no. This is more like actual weightlifting. It okay. might be like the Arnold Schwarzenegger Open or something. Oh, yeah. the Arnold Classic? It, that I might be it. That. But I, I don't know why it's in Columbus. I just know it's kind of famous for that. Because they have some famous sandwich, too, at some place, too. I guess these guys would go eat. I don't know. You know, I have a ton of random Scare facts. Right? I was like, well, Madison sounds like a fun town. It's got to be a little cooler than going, I mean, just temperature-wise, not cooler than L.A., but. <laughs> oh, it was nice, man. The weather was perfect for uh, for the games in 17. I'm looking forward to it this year. Yeah, that's When awesome. is this thing? Uh, probably, uh, is it first week of August? I think, you know, last week of July, first week of August. Oh, okay. So you're like starting to really get underway with the training then. Oh, yeah. yeah I've been underway. I mean, we started out with, you know, I think there was maybe eight to 10,000 people in my age group. And as we started competing, it went down. So the last, they do what they call the open. That's five weeks. And you do one workout a week. And it's all posted online worldwide, right? So everybody does that. And you have to be... Um, judged by a certified judge, and you have to be verified by the affiliate, you know, the CrossFit gym manager. Um, and then if you make it into the next round, you have to submit videos for submission. So um, from there, they take the top 200, and top 200 then go to what they call the qualifiers. And that's what we just finished this weekend. The difference there is they gave us five workouts to do in four days. And I feel like I've been run over by a truck right now. When yeah. were those four days? <laughs> I just finished okay. yesterday. Okay, so Mon the results just got posted now, but it finished yesterday. Yeah, so okay. Monday, 5 p.m., we had to turn in all our scores and do all our submission. And uh, then the affiliate managers had 24 hours to validate. Oh. So at 5 p.m., it just kind of came official. Yeah. And then how many does it go down to after the – it was 200 – and yep. now after this, how many is it? There's 10 of us. What? Dang. Dang. That's a big cut. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So 10 of us from around the world. And last time, I mean, I was competing against, we had Russia, Australia, Chile. I mean, wow. England. It was Welcome really cool. Thunderdome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude. Man, 200 and they cut down to 10. I was yeah. expecting like 50. Do they, do they call you or do they just post it somewhere old school? Like you either made the team or you didn't check the gym f***ing wall. Yeah. <laughs> it's posted online for everybody in the world to see, man. <laughs> and you just found out now? Yeah. Like, well, we knew we knew that it was there. But, okay. you know, last night you have a pretty good indication. Okay. So, yeah, it'll be cool. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations, man. That's it's really exciting. Yeah, thank you. And I hate so, to think of how this podcast would have gone if he had checked it right before he walked in. <laughs> like, no, so, man, not this year. <laughs> I'm a little worried about the Brazilian dude. Just putting that out there. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, I, I tell you what. Freak athletes. I, I mean, being a, being a wrestler, that's going to be the best thing for me, like getting head-to-head. I can't wait yeah. to wait to go against these guys head to head when you know just because of the competitive fire yeah, and lights right? like that's yeah. that's where the wrestler comes out mm -hmm. yeah so that's exciting so what does it look like between now and the games at the end of July uh, a lot of work I mean I fortunately uh, I've got a little business travel and a little bit of pleasure travel coming up um, I'll train the whole time it's going to make it a little more difficult but I'll get it in for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and then right around the beginning of June, I'll really go ape shit basically cool. for the nice. next two months. What yeah. are you eating in those like 
Um, I mean, is, it, is it is it is there a strict diet you stick to all the time or I do. lifestyle and do you amp? I mean, I don't, I would have I don't you know what I'm not going to say anything. This weekend, I mean, I was I had to force food down. My nerves are going, getting ready for every workout. It was nonstop. It was basically eat, sleep, recover, right? Ice, just do everything I could do to get my body ready for the next workout. Um, more carbs than I normally eat. Although, right. although I do eat a lot of carbs, I eat a lot of carbs at night for recovery, right? So after tough workouts, I'll hammer good carbs like sweet potatoes, you know, stuff like right. that. Yeah. I call those smart carbs. Yeah. And then I usually call the other one American carbs. Um, but one of my friends this weekend said I should start calling them freedom carbs. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are freedom fries. Yeah, exactly. That is definitely a carb. Oh, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. So, But, yeah, carbs are important, especially when you're competing at that level. You would know better than anyone. Yeah, it's, it's like putting, uh, you know, regular gas in a diesel. It just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. What's the size difference? Is everybody kind of the same size? Are some people bigger, smaller? So a lot of CrossFit, they say, you know, CrossFit's one of the only sports you, you don't have to be huge to be good at, right? And I'm not a huge guy. Um, the, the couple guys that we've been in the top three through the Open and the qualifiers, both of them are much bigger than me. You know, they're in that six foot plus 195 pound range, right? I'm five right. foot eight, 175 pounds. So... But that's good for the gymnastics. Right. right. Is there sort of like an ideal body type that does well? You know, like some sports like MMA lends itself to like tall, lanky guys who are making those low weights and have the reach. What works well for CrossFit? You know, they say most of the guys, like, I mean, the ideal body probably is 5'9", 5'10", you know, 195 pounds. Matt Frazier, who's the, you know, repeating games champion for the individuals. He's five foot six, five foot seven. He's got to be pretty yeah. thick then if he's. Yeah, he's one hundred ninety-two pounds. Yeah. It's re- wow. he's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say I would think your body type would have to be closer to what you would almost want in those games. I feel like it depends on how much running there is. Which which I'm actually hoping because running is a good thing for me. Yep, and that's totally. the one thing you can't do online, right? So these online competitions where you have to submit because they could never make it even from here to. California in some gym, right? right? Everybody's trains a little different. So I'm excited when I get to the games because I know there'll be running events. Yeah, especially right? if those guys are carrying a lot of muscle too. Exactly. To circulate all that oxygen. I'll race a, I'll race a 200 so pound man won't... all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like those odds too. Right. So you won't know exactly what you're going to have to do until you get there, right? No. No. Yeah. Just like the qualifiers, they posted the five workouts we had to do this weekend on Thursday night at 5 p.m. Whoa. And, and then so, when did you, how did you decide, like, all right, was it like, it's Sunday, we'll do two this day? You know, I, I had a pretty good idea in my head and what I wanted to do. And then I follow a, a program called Invictus Training. It's CrossFit Invictus, and they have a master's program that's just rock solid. So I follow those guys, and they, they laid out a few things for us. Um, I didn't follow it to the T, but, right. but the workout scheme I did. So that helped a lot. That's awesome. Uh, all right. Some people will, will hate on CrossFit sometimes. You're obviously very much into it. What, what, if somebody's never CrossFitted, they just read things. They just hear their friends talking trash on it or talking good about it. What would you tell them CrossFit's all about? You know, I mean, community number one. The community's amazing, right? You get yep. in there. Everybody supports you, uh, one another. We've got ladies in the gym that I'll work out next to that are in their 70s and probably 
You know, some of them are well overweight and they're in there getting after it. Just, I mean, talk about inspiration, right? It's, it's super cool. Um, but it's about community, the fitness there, you know, it's, it just, you, you're always challenging your body every day. And you think about it, you go to the gym, you do the same thing. You go in, you get on the treadmill, you bench, you do whatever with CrossFit. I like to go when I'm not a, on a fixed program, go in there and I'd never know what I was going to do that day. Like, you know, and that's what it's about. Disrupting the body, making it, you know, perform all the time and all, functional fitness. That's what they, you know, that's what it's about. Functional fitness. Yeah, I want to say the first person I really remember was Forrest Griffin, uh, UFC fighter. He won the first Ultimate Fighter, and that was like the first time I even heard the words CrossFit. Yeah, he he was talking about it. Yeah, yeah. There's that trainer out of um, San Francisco too that trains a lot of the NBA players in the summer, and same thing. He's all about keeping the body guessing with new workouts, sand workouts, getting it uncomfortable. You know, like putting the body in awkward, tough positions and putting it under duress. You know, like that. For sure, man. And I mean, that's, that's what CrossFit's about. Just challenging every day. You know, uh, one of the cool things for me was, uh, you know, I grew up as an iron worker. I started as an iron worker at 19 years old. So, you know, climbing around the steel, swinging 12 pound beaters. And that's, uh, that was my life for 20 some years before I, you know, transitioned into the office, let's call it. <laughs> <laughs> were you guys, uh, were you union? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. I used to be, before I got into radio, I used to be a janitor. Uh, at the AFL-CIO in D.C. Yeah, yeah right Iron on. workers were always a massive union. It was, it was yeah. always iron workers, auto workers. I'm probably leaving somebody else out, but, yeah, the iron workers, that was always a massive one. Well, then there's the king of all unions, the longshoremen. Those guys kind of make decisions. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And there's a reason there's not an arena in Soto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, I'm trying to make Matt, any more questions? What's your favorite lift? There you go. Mm, probably deadlift, just yeah. like you, man. Yeah. <laughs> Straight bar, barbell? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm on the trap bar kick since the gym I work at has one. I just really like that. I was that. about to say, what do you think about people that use the trap bar? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, CrossFit's, are a, CrossFit's a barbell sport, you know, so, so that's one of those instances where, you know, I train a lot of people in a lot of different circumstances, and sometimes, you know, all they need is a kettlebell deadlift to, to throw into their program, but... You know, people, everybody associates it with the barbell, and it's like there's times and places where that's necessary, and one of them is barbell sports like CrossFit. So, yeah, there's just something about it, though. You're just picking heavy shit up. It yeah. just feels good. I will say, recently I've been doing curls with the Olympic bar, and it's like, it seems so much harder. I don't know why. It's like just killing me. I, I got a question oh, for you. <laughs> uh, what do you do for, um, like, maintaining flexibility? With doing all those lifts and stuff. I do a lot of mobility work. I really do. Kelly Starrett? Especially at my age. Yeah, you know, at, uh, before workouts. And, you know, I do a lot of muscle activation. Our buddy Ben, you know. So, oh, yeah, shout out to Dragovon. Yeah, I, I do a lot of muscle activation prior to my workouts. Afterwards, I mobilize. And then usually twice a week, I'll take... Uh, what I call active recovery days, you know, I'll swim, I'll run, uh, bike, and and then I'll do mobility stuff, yoga, you know. So I do a lot of stretching. Yeah, I just I, I just asked for me personally because I've noticed myself getting way tighter in the last like two years or so, and I just hit thirty two. So yeah, I was just curious. You're okay, just, cool. Just a baby. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was going to give an update real quick on uh, something in my life, but it feels a little insecure now that you. 
joined CrossFit and then went and won the games. But uh, good news, Flying Hellfish FC won both our games this weekend. Yeah, yeah. boy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, just like little kids' soccer, this weekend is a cookout weekend. So after the games, we're having what? a cookout. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, still no goals. It's a lot harder to score a goal than I thought it would be. <laughs> did you take it, put any shots on, on frame? Uh, I did. I, the first game I played mostly defense. Uh, we're running a 2-3-1. Okay. And then uh, in the second game, I was playing a little more midfield. And then by the second half of the second game, our coach was like, man, just play up front. Just like start start shooting. And he's just like, fire away. So I, I, I can't say they were on frame, but I took some shots. Okay. Yes. Dude, yeah. keep that head down. You'll get one by the end of the season. Yeah, man. Blasted a couple people, cleated an old guy by mistake. <laughs> Jesus, dude. <laughs> just a normal day of public soccer. <laughs> also, I keep forgetting that like I watch so much European soccer, right? So, Kevin, I, I, I've played indoor. You know, We used to play indoor, but I always played keeper. So I was like, I'm going to join this pub league and actually play the field. So a lot of the stuff I don't know, but I watch soccer all the time, so I just kind of mimic what I've seen. <laughs> so after, like, I cleat the guy, like, and I didn't mean to. It was only, like, a foot off the ground. But the next, like, stoppage in play, I realize I'm walking over with the prayer hands. Like, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really, I didn't go as full European and touch his face, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Matt. I was like, oh, yeah. Also, I looked like the loser afterwards, because generally my coach, who was out of town, We'll go get a beer. Or one of the guys from the other league uh, that referees, like, we'll go get a beer. But they were both out of town. So then I was kind of that guy, like, hey, what's everybody doing? <laughs> Need some help getting your bag to your car? Like, yeah, thanks, Ted. Like, and you're just leaving, huh? All right. See yeah. you next week. <laughs> see you next week. Uh, let's see. Everybody in here obviously has done some competitive sports. Uh, Kentucky Derby. Cobb, did you see how it finished? I did. Well, I actually read read how it finished. I didn't get to see it because I was at work. But, yeah, I heard that there was um, like a major controversy amongst two of the horses, one cutting some other horse off or something, and so they ended up changing the winner. Is that true? Yeah, it was it was wild, dude. I mean, what do they, they call the, the Kentucky Derby like the fastest two minutes in sports or something, right? Because the race is literally just over two minutes. But it's a sloppy track, so it ends. But they're just kind of standing around, and it was very awkward. But the jockey made like an official challenge. So then it took 20 minutes. Yeah, like, makes sense. So here's my thing. To the letter of the law, like the way the rule is written, like that horse broke the rules. So he should be DQ'd. Some people say, hey, it's a Kentucky Derby. You shouldn't DQ the winner, right? But then I also agree, like this is any sport, anywhere you play. Like if it's a foul in the first quarter, we, it's still got to be a foul in the fourth quarter, right? Yeah, I totally agree. It sucks to to have the officials deciding or changing the outcome of a game like that. But at the end of the day, like, why have rules if you're not going to enforce them? Yeah. Kevin? I mean, I'm sure you guys have rules. It's never happened before. And you guys have rules and everything, right? Like, I mean. Absolutely, man. I get no repped, right? All right. You get no repped. No good. That sucks. What what qualifies as a no rep? Yeah, well, let's say on a, a squat, you don't get your hip creases below your knees. Stuff okay. like that, right? Yeah. Um, handstand push-up. You don't lock out your arms. Okay. Yep. Oh, man. And it's just one dude standing over you that goes, no rep? Oh, yeah. When I went to the games in 17, I started. I had the coolest judge, right? And I came in in first position. So I was in the middle lane right next to the number two guy. And this guy, he was like, talking me through he's like Kevin you're doing great man he goes you know and he was talking to me he's like telling me how many more reps and the next thing I know the judges changed 
this guy would not help me at all. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I've, you know, you get a little, I was a little nervous. And I'm like, how much do I have on the bar? It was a weightlifting event and it was just a ladder. And he's like, I don't know, you tell me. And I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding uh-huh. me, man. I, I can't do math right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. The no rep. Yeah. I'm going to just drop that in normal conversation yeah. right now. <laughs> like, 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 like grab somebody's beer. Like, you didn't finish it. That's a no rep. That's a fun term. I could call people out. I wouldn't. But at the gym, there's a lot of people no repping their pull-ups. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, or straight. Yeah, pull-ups are a big one. <laughs> Get all the way down there. Squats is the biggest one. Everyone's like, like, Osiris, like, my trainer won't say, like, no rep, but he'll just be like, make sure we're staying deep. <laughs> Damn Osiris are, man. Yeah, man, with pull-ups, I feel like every once in a while I'll hear someone throw out, like, a wild number of pull-ups they can do, and I'm just like, nah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah exactly. People's exactly. arms don't even go past 90, sometimes, and yeah. it's just, yeah, I see, I try and compliment when I see the good ones. Call some people out, like, out there. nice work up there, man. Yeah, I saw a guy doing that yesterday. And it was not a good response back to me. I thought I was being cool. Like, hey, man, those looked great. And he was like, just kind of nodded at me. Like, why the fuck are you talking to me, man? Like, all right, fair enough. <laughs> good workout. Dude, if you get the chance, you should walk behind him when he's doing it. It's like, no rep. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, all right, here's a question, Matt. What, why do some people add chains on the side? Like, does it just look tougher? Couldn't you? Isn't there a plate or a certain amount of weight uh, you can the, add? The chains keep uh, resistance. What is it on the descent? Yeah, um, and kind of keeps your tension up on some cases, and it changes the way that the weight feels at different points in it. And it's uh, you know, it's an interesting methodology. We don't have chains at my gym, so I don't have to worry about it. But I know people that use them and love them because, and yeah, because it forces you. What is it with more weight at the top versus the bottom? And yeah, the the physics of it have been explained to me, but because I don't have chains that I need to tell people why we're using them, I'm a little foggy on it. I feel like it's gonna. Oh yeah, go ahead. Are you lifting with those chains on there? No, no, I've never done it. I've seen it. I saw yeah. the rock do it. Yeah, yeah I mean, it they looks look cool. super they tough. They look cool. But that's, like, that's like, probably <laughs> the number one reason to use them is it just looks fucking dope. Get right. the camera out. That's almost like, can he add a plate? Like, f- that. Yeah. Get out the chains. Yeah. Well, it's also like those ropes. I told Matt this. Uh, like the ropes, right? Whenever I see a UFC fighter like doing the ropes, I'm like, that looks so badass. So like a year ago, I started going to a gym and training more. And I, in my head, I'm like, can't wait till we get to use those ropes. And about 10 seconds into it, I was like, I want to stop using these ropes. <laughs> like, I was like, it, people make it look so effortlessly. It's yeah, like, there's a lot you can do with those. Yeah. They're pretty brutal. <laughs> uh, all right, there we go. Uh, Cobb, want to ch- read some emails? Sure. Uh, <clears throat> Going to Boston. Need some tips. What up, boys? Runners, owners, and keepers of the greatest podcast in all the land? All the land. Humble brag, my wife is pretty badass and booked a surprise vacation to Boston for this weekend. Nice. One of the items on my bucket list was to see a Red Sox game, second favorite team, at Fenway Park with a bonus uh, if the Mariners, first favorite, happen to be there for the game. Well, f*** me if she isn't bad enough to do a two-for-one. I've never been to the East Coast, so I pose a few questions to uh, to the boys that know it best. Uh, what do I need to do in Boston as far as food, drink, and attraction? We'll be there from Thursday night to Monday night and staying in East Boston. I mean, Cobb, you know you live there. You went to college there. But for me, like, if you're going, by the way, go to Fenway, get there early. What's it, Yawkey Way or whatever? Like, it's just a party out there. You're going to love it. Also, if you're around Fenway on a night that you don't have tickets, there's a bar called the Bleacher Bar underneath the bleachers, and you can go in there, get a drink. And when you see that uh, garage door that's green, 
in the green monster, like the bar is inside of that, but you can see out of it. So every once in a while, like a player will run by. Huh. It's pretty cool. Uh, the North End has great Italian food. And then I always tell people to go to Mike's, but I know that's like a tourist bakery. Yeah, I want. I think you, you might be thinking, is it Lansdowne Street? There's some street that runs right next to Fenway Park. I can't yeah, think of the name of it. They might be like. Oh, yeah, it might be it the might two. Be both yeah, I'm the, thinking of the streets. third baseline. I think it's Lansdowne Street, but I'm not sure. But, yeah, that area is great uh, before and after games. And the weather will be great this time of year, too. Um, I mean, obviously, I haven't checked, but I just know spring in Boston is great. Um, yeah, as far as food, Ted nailed it. The North End, you're going to have – you walk into any place up there, you're going to have the best Italian food of your life. Do a full sit-down dinner. The – you know, the mobsters will have, like, their guy out front working security. They'll have the dudes upstairs. Mom literally is in the back cooking and uh, great olive oil, incredible dishes. Yeah, I went to a restaurant there where the dude would unlock the door, let you in, and then relock the door. Yep, that's classic. And every one of them has a dude in, a, like, a, a giant dude in a suit just standing out front watching. So, yeah, they do business upstairs and a uh, restaurant downstairs. Huh. Um yeah, also, uh, shoot, there's a Pizzeria Regina up there. It's really good, too. And if you don't want to wait in the line, there's one on the outfield wall uh, just outside of Fenway that never has a line. So that's a good one for you. Uh, I would probably skip Mike's Pastries, um, but Ooh. there's a couple other pa- – no, there's a couple other pastry spots on that same street, um, like uh, for cannolis and stuff that I think just as good, way less line probably. And you can get the – you know, like in a Boston cream pie, the Bavarian cream? Ooh. In Boston, you can get that in the cannoli. Oh. Dang, I didn't know about that. Well, you don't like Mike's. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I've been to Mike's a couple of times. What is that other place? There's another place I, I'm on telling you, it is, a, it is the tourist place with the Smiths. We always hit Mike's. <laughs> and uh, his next question, what do I need to avoid? Tourist trap BS, Mike's. <laughs> <laughs> now, what do, you, what do you got, Ted? And also, just to follow up so you know, what are your oddly specific yet attainable bucket list items? Ooh. I, you know what, man? This will sound very bougie, but I, I do want to be like five to ten years from now. I want to have two weeks off. I want to be in the Mediterranean on a yacht drinking wine. I don't like wine that much, but you know what I mean? Like off the coast of like Italy, I just feel like, like what would you do for your vacation? Like, oh, I went to the beach or I went there. Like, I drank wine on a yacht and off the coast of Italy. Dude, I thought we were still talking Boston. I was going to say, oh. go, go take a walk on the Charles. <laughs> <laughs> I realized we were sipping rosé and off the coast of France. (laughs) Italy, my friend. Italy. Uh, What do you got? What? For oddly, I mean, now now that we're there, oddly specific yet attainable bucket list items. In general, um, I I think it would be really cool to go to one of those uh, metal festivals over in Europe. Those things oh, are just yeah. massive. Like all my favorite bands, I've just like watched so much YouTube footage over these loudspeakers of like just people, awesome bands playing like a hundred thousand yeah, people. Russia, Finland. It, it looks fucking miserable to be out in that crowd. Like it does not look. It's hot. There's just people everywhere. I don't know how people stay hydrated, but it's like. It just feels like a worthwhile pilgrimage at some point. But. Dude, you know what it looks like? There's that scene in Lord of the Rings where they have like the uh, the orcs, like the just the masses all yeah. like teeming, like yeah. about to go take over the world. That's what it looks like. Like yeah. everyone's dressed in black. There's like you know fires and stuff out there. Yeah, yeah, it looks awesome. Cobb? oddly specific yet attainable. Um, at my school uh, in Boston, they had these. Oh, man, this is going to feel like it's going to look like it's backtracking on everything I've stood for this year. (laughs) But they have in the cafeterias (laughs) these Belgian waffle makers that have 
kidding me? The BC logo on one side and an eagle on the other. And when you make your waffle, it's got that in the middle. And I've always wanted one there. I considered walking with one at graduation, but they're about... They're probably like 400 bucks. You'd have to have it custom made. So anyway, that's my oddly specific yet attainable bucket list item. Kevin, Thanks, boys. Much love. Completely random. Just pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Hey, see, this is a smart man. <laughs> I'm not even going to do it. I know. We went, to, we went in this wormhole for like two months about what's better, pancakes or waffles. Yeah. That's why cop was team pancakes. It's the blue collar one. Yeah. Like, right foot waffles are better. It's the breakfast of the proletariat, man. <laughs> so now his pocket list involves a goddamn waffle maker. Hey, wh- Unbelievable. Uh, what is your oddly specific yet attainable life goal? You know, uh-huh. I mean, or bucket list item. Poof. I mean, for me, what I really want to do at some point, I want to take the whole month of September off. I'm an avid backcountry archer. I'd love to go live in the woods for a month. Nice. So you're nice. a backcountry archer? Yeah. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. Like compound bow, just taking down animals or what? <laughs> for the most part. That's I pretty mean, cool. You know, yeah. it's, uh, it's pretty up close and personal, right? It's super challenging. Yeah. Yeah, I bet that's challenging. How close do you have to get? Uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm good out to about 80 yards, you know, but I probably, uh, arrow. Yeah. Just think seriously about that for a second. 80 yards. That's insanity. That's insanity. I thought we were okay. Yeah, go ahead. Oh man, it's just, yeah, I thought you had to be in the red zone, like twenty yeah, yards. Dude, well, you, you yeah. do. I mean, I've, yeah. I've, uh, I've maybe been... one first down, but not, <laughs> not seven. Eighty yards. I don't even think I could hit something with a rifle at eighty yards. That's what I'm saying, dude. <laughs> well, we practice out to over a hundred yards, right? So, and the thing is, t- field, yeah, and that thing still has to have enough inertia too to like pierce the heart of something, you know? Yeah. What's the biggest one? What's the biggest animal you've taken down? Uh, probably big bull elk in Montana. Oh, God. Jesus. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I've taken a black bear at 10 feet on the ground. Whoa. Holy. Ten what the feet. F- Why the fuck are we even talking about CrossFit? <laughs> yeah, that sounds scary <laughs> as hell. You took a black bear? Yeah, I was, I was actually elk. This was with a rifle, right? No, this was my bow. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> you, you, oh, man. You killed a black bear with a bow and arrow from 10 feet away? Yeah. Do you have like a sidearm on you with you or something? Uh, no. Nope. And this thing's going. So, how did you let him? Like, at what point do you go? All right, I've got to take the shot. Or did you sneak up on him? No, I was actually elk hunting, and I was uh, by this tree, and I was literally sitting down on this game trail, taking a little break, and uh, out of the corner of my eye, I saw movement, and I look over, and he walked past me at about ten feet. So he got about oh, maybe ten yards away, and then he scented me. So he took off running, and during that time, I drew my bow. He stopped, like, what am I running from? <laughs> and he got about 90 degrees to me, and that's when I gave it to him. Yeah. And so. then do you just notch another one right away? Knock? I, yep, knock. Knock another one? Or? I, I did. Didn't need it, thank God. But Damn, wow. dude. Where did you hit him? Just like center mass? Yep. Wow. <laughs> that is awesome. Man. Kevin, before we continue with the emails, what other awesome things have you done? You really, like Brad just said, you're really good at CrossFit. And, and, you know, <laughs> I just, I'm about the extreme lifestyle. I mean, like I said, man, I mean, growing up as an iron worker, you know, I mean, you know, across the street at the mark, right? We, we, yeah. we did all the tower cranes on the roof there. We put all the tower cranes up. So, you know, you live your life hundreds of feet in the air and, uh, 
You <laughs> just and, and you come out of the air, you you go back to work in the office, right? I'm looking for adventure in my life. So looking for challenges. Life on the ground's not exciting no, enough as it not, is right? for you. Yeah. <laughs> People <laughs> using regular bathrooms, not just peeing in bottles. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I skiing or snowboard? Uh, you know, I skied for years, and my kids started snowboarding when they were young, so I've been snowboarding steady for 20 years. Of course, both. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just going to assume you're a mountain biker as well? Oh, yeah. Max is going to get a mark ski. In Hawaii, or did you go to, like, Ireland to learn to surf? Uh, I lived in Hawaii working iron for a few years. Oh, nice. What part? <laughs> I lived in uh, Oahu okay. and, and uh, on the big island of Hawaii. Okay, cool. Yeah. What was that like living over there? It was cool. I was working. I mean, we were putting in, you know, seven twelves at times. So working nonstop. Made a bunch of money, which was cool in my youth, you know. Um, yeah. But uh, and that was on the second tour. The first tour when I went over there, we we got some more fun and we did a ton of surfing and hanging out. So cool. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to spend at least a year out there on Maui. Yeah, um, I'd love to go back. Really. Okay. You know, we, my wife and I have talked about maybe maybe partially retiring there. We'll see. It's a good move, I think. Yeah. How old are the kids? Uh, my daughter's twenty two and our son is seventeen. Yeah. Oh, you're you're away from Hawaii. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think other extreme sports you could do. Like we're hunting with bows, snowboarding and skiing, mountain biking, surfing. Did I forget anything? Did you used to longboard around the city just for nah. kicks? Nah. Jumping out of planes, flying helicopters. Right. I, right. I'll just assume you skydive. I have a couple yeah. times. <laughs> Bungee jumped up in uh, Nanaimo, Vancouver Island. You know, Getting ready to climb Mount Rainier the week after I get back from the games. <laughs> Oh, what have you man. done, Ted? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, my 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 public was doing it last weekend. You chicken fucker! <laughs> and we only had one sub, man. My hamstrings got sore. One sub? Oh, you poor poor thing. Uh, All right, Kyle, thanks, boys. Much love, Steve, <laughs> aka Scuba Steve, aka the South End Wing King, aka yes, I actually scuba scuba Steve. <laughs> you guys want one more? Yes, please. Uh, so we were talking about um, what is what are what's one of your like subtle cheat codes for life uh, on one of the other episodes. Uh, my cheat code for life would be to say, "I remember you telling me that." When people repeat stories multiple times, it seems to be less aggressive than the "Yeah, you told me already" or other variations, and they tend to stop telling those stories so damn much. Perry, nice. <laughs> That's a great call, and I, I trust me as somebody that can repeat stories. I appreciate it when somebody stops me or just yeah, like yeah, Sam, like you told me, like okay, cool. Jesus Christ. Uh, Matt, what'd you do last weekend? Hey, hey what's good? What's mad? Whoa. Uh, before we get to what's mad, hey, hey what's good? What's mad? Whoa. Check out what's mad. Hey, hey what's good? What's mad? Whoa. Uh, before we get to what's mad, hey, hey what's good? What's mad? Check out what's mad. Well, uh, yeah, I had a big weekend, kept myself busy as usual. Uh, Friday, Andrew Yang was in town, Democratic uh, presidential candidate that I'm a big fan of. Um, not to turn this into a plug for him, but I did go down and check out the, the rally to like actually do something and check it out. And gorgeous day down at Gasworks, bald eagles were out, the whole thing was a ton of fun. Um, and yeah, I just had a, had a really good time. Um, down there for a couple hours, and then um, was there refreshments? I brought my own soda water. All right, 
I just uh, want I, like I've been to protests. I've been to like political rallies, but I don't know that I've ever been to like just an event for uh, for somebody campaigning. I'm like, I'm like yeah, like did there's they... a food truck. All right. Um. Uh, yeah, I brought my own soda waters. And yeah, I don't think there wasn't like refreshments. I would say there's bottles of water. All right. So yeah, um, it was a really well-run event, over four thousand, um, which is a pretty pretty awesome number, I thought. And uh, yeah, it was just fun to. It just felt like I was at the front row of a concert, like pushing up in the big crowd and like cheering every time he said stuff. Like it was like I looked at the numbers. We're like yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was a ton of fun. And then uh, hung out with Glenn um, from. I don't even know what I want to say from window yeah. pane, bruiser Brody, Mixcast, Mixcast. Oh man, I was his new solo project. What's that? The Glenn. It's uh, just Glenn Cannon. Glenn, yeah, Glenn yeah. Cannon. Um, so I hadn't seen him in a while. It was really good to catch up with him. We uh, went over to Red Star in oh, Fremont. Also a member of the New Originals. Oh yeah, of course. How could we forget? Yeah, because he's in eight gazillion things. That's how. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, that was really good to, to catch up with him for, I mean, yeah, we hadn't hung out in like almost a year, it feels like, uh, outside of just seeing each other and passing at shows or whatever. So that was cool. Uh, and then um, Saturday, went down to Pike Place because I knew Sunday I would be golfing with my dad and brother. So I wasn't going to make the farmer's market. So I went down to Pike Place for my vegetables and see my friend Aaron Cobb uh, down at Cobb's Popcorn. Dude, yeah, we were hanging for a while. That was dope. Yeah, that was like the perfect time. Yeah, that was uh, that was real fun. We went up and got some teriyaki for lunch, and uh, yeah, just hung out back there and ate some free samples and said what's up. And so that was cool. And then you'll never guess what I did after that. <laughs> I drove up to well, actually, I went ten to get miles dinner. wide. No, I went to dinner right. over at Josh's. His mom was there, Neil Shadzita there, um, and that was a lot of fun. And then. Went up to Everett to see Woodshed. Um, oh, close, nice. Though. All right. And, yeah, they just crushed it. Those guys are are really awesome. I'm pumped to see them at Pain in the Grass. Get your tickets to KISW.com, of course. And, uh, yeah, it was really good to, to see them. Uh, and then Sunday, like I said, went golfing with my dad and brother up at Newcastle. And I saw one of our big bosses there. Uh, so that was fun to, you know, schmooze a little bit outside. Yeah. And yeah, then, um, that makes sense. So while we were there, <laughs> I was like, I think our, I don't know if our other balls even plays. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, the two highlights, I got two pars on the last three holes. I don't want to talk about the one in the middle of those two or the other fifteen, but that was a pretty good way to end. Um, and then we we saw a coyote on the course. Oh, I saw you put that on the. Did gram. you see that video? Yeah, yeah. It like we saw it. So you didn't see it attack the thing, but my dad goes like. Oh, it looks like he's about to pounce on lunch. And then you see it just pogo stick up and burrow down into this tall grass and come up with some rodent just like like a dog with a chew toy. It was just nature. It was rowdy. And then, But that was the hole we were on. And then it went up to the next hole. And so as we're walking up the tee boxes, we're like, where the fuck's that coyote at? Like, uh, But, yeah, he ran off at some point. And... Coyotes aren't black bears. They're, they're scared of you. Oh, okay. They won't Good come back. Good yeah. to know, because I just had a nine iron. I didn't have a bow on me. All <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was a pretty awesome weekend, all things considered. You can't just have a bow. You have to know how to use it. <laughs> yeah, also no skill set with the bow. I forgot to mention, uh, I, I visually put eyes on a black bear once and literally was like, that is a big dog. And then I realized it was a bear. So I... <laughs> I got a stick and killed it. No, I crouch down and wait for it to leave. 
I didn't have my bow with me. Fetal position, Tim. <laughs> Fetal position. I was like, I'll bang a stick, make noise. Uh, all right. <laughs> but that only made him angry. <laughs> well, then I thought I was a genius because I peed around my tent. To like, now the bear knows I'm out here. And people are like, that's not good, man. Like, that won't keep a bear away. It'll just bring him over to you so you might think you have food. Uh, all right. I think it's about that time. Cobb Topic. Cobb Topic. All right, so we were talking about um, uh, basically like cool adventure stories. By the way, like Kevin also once uh, shot par at Augusta National. Uh, he didn't want me <laughs> no. to say anything, but whatever you guys have done, he's done it. No, 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 that definitely hasn't happened. <laughs> <laughs> so you never played Augusta? No, and I've never worn Argyle. <laughs> Um, so, uh, we were just talking about, like, I don't know, cool, badass accomplishments, whatever. Um, so it got me thinking, like, you know, a lot of people who listen to the cast, they've got some cool stories. They've been out doing some stuff. Sometimes, though, like, there's a little bit of a downside. You know, you have to take some some damage to earn the rewards. So the cop topic this week is, how did you get your scar? Or how did you get that scar? So feel free to email us, email at thepodcast.com, or hit us up on the Twitter machine. Uh, for anybody in the room, you know, you've got some scar. That thing has a story. What do you got? Can it be an injury or does it have to be a scar? I'll accept injury. All right, because the scar on the back of my head's big, but that's a bad story. I fell off a balcony. Like Oof. the, yeah, 12 staples. <laughs> uh, the good one, though, well, it was terrible, but I got a giant hematoma on my leg, right? But that story's funner because I was sledding down Denny Avenue on Capitol Hill on a wood pallet. And then we hit a curve. Like, literally like a loading pallet? Yeah, exactly. Right? So you could fit a couple people in there, almost like a bobsled. Mm -hmm. uh, and, right? And I was, <laughs> ironically, I was with some buddies that I used to wrestle with. And they were like, we were going down on little wrestling mats. And then they were, these guys were loading up this giant thing. And they were like, don't do that one. I was like, it'll be fine. <clears throat> it was not fine. Uh, yeah, as we now hold my beer. Right, hold my beer. And, like, as we crossed over to go over, like, I-5, there was a curb there. And we had it flush. So the pallet just kind of exploded, and one of the shards just jabbed me. So that injury, at least I felt like I earned. Wait, did you guys hit the curb on the sides or that lip right there? No, the curb on the side on Melrose. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but I mean, that hematoma was so big. The next day, I went to the hospital, to the ER, and like two or three people came in. I was like, are you the doctor? And they were like, no, but I had to see it. <laughs> like, that's not good. When other doctors are coming in just to see this thing growing on your leg. <laughs> yeah, never a good sign. No. That's hilarious. They're telling stories about you in the break room. Like, you're going to check out Smith in 215. Right? Go to examine one. This dude has, like, I mean, literally, he was like a football. <sighs> yeah. The lady gave in the emergency room gave me a massive prescription for, for an opiate. And I kind of, like, cracked a smile. And she goes, no, no. <laughs> like, you think it hurts now. Like, wait two days from now. Like, you're going to be in so much pain. <laughs> Accurate. Yeah. Uh, I got one on my forehead. Uh, it was before. It was the only time I... Got to ride an ambulance. Um, we were, it was before a basketball game, and in the locker room next to the gym, it was at, our, it was at a high school, Miracosta High School in Manhattan Beach, and the locker room next to the gym that we were playing in like, just had lockers around the outside of the room, and the inside was all benches. Uh, and so we would like jump from bench to bench and dribble the basketball between jumps, uh, and I just didn't have the best hand-eye coordination, apparently, and then... Tumbled on one and landed face first into the next bench. 
um, which I went back later and you can see they had to replace it. Like there's a pretty sizable dent, maybe some blood stains. I don't know, but they like <laughs> apparently you could see my skull and stuff. Like Jesus. it was a pretty pretty graphic one. And then my friend, uh, well, yeah, I mean it's a Brad Jabot's dad had to like hold it down with a with his just like man thumb, just like holding my shit in place until the paramedics came and took me to the hospital and. Um, yeah, I got someone to, to stitch it up, but, uh, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty wild one. And I was just like, am I going to be able to play? They're like, ah, uh, don't worry about it right now, dude. Yeah, right. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was probably the, the most intense story behind a scar. But I got a few. And I have some scars, I don't know where the hell I got them. Oh, oh yeah. What do you got? Oh, well, probably the, probably the most <laughs> memorable know. one. <laughs> This is before helmets were really popular, <laughs> and I was mountain biking, went, o- went over my handlebars, and uh, I actually put one of my ends of one of my handlebars through my face and my chin, and 54 stitches. The last thing I remember was my heels kicking me in the back of the head, like, <laughs> and broke a couple fingers, and I woke up in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. That's, uh, you know... Again, yeah, not wearing. Real. Yeah, it was it was stupid not wearing a helmet. Like, again, back in the day. But uh, the funny thing was, this happened on a Saturday. My wife was out of town, and my buddy and I thought, "Hey, let's take off from the house. We're going to go urban mountain biking. We're going to ride across the bridge, going to Seattle. You know, do some fun." And um, my wife comes home on Monday, and I had just taken a picture. They took a Polaroid at the hospital. Right, the doctor came in and looked at me, and she's like. Yeah, no, getting a plastic surgeon for this. And so she had, had taken a Polaroid. So I had left that on the refrigerator for my wife when she came home and went to work Monday morning. So I get a call about 10 o'clock when she got to the house. What is this? <laughs> I was going to ask, like, what was worse, the entry or that phone call? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to ruin, I didn't want to ruin her trip, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good, yeah. Uh, uh, for me, um, you know, I've had a bunch of scar. I, I, I'm a bleeder, so I've had a bunch of scars from little things. I got a, a Timberland of the face one time. I had a big dog bite. I feel like the easiest one to tell for this, though, is um, I was working as a bartender, and there was two pint glasses that I pulled out of the uh, out of like the the deep freeze. So they're like frosted. They were going to be frosted mugs, but they're pint glasses. So um, the two thing they're frozen together. So I'm going to put them in there a little bit wet. Right. So I was trying to get these two things apart and I'm dealing with customers, you know, whatever, like trying to talk with them, but also kind of trying to move fast because it's like the dinner rush or something. Anyway, I I twist the two pint glasses and my palm is on the top one. And right as I twist it, the top one just shears off and it leaves this big jagged thing and it just stabs super deep. You can see it on my hand there, but it just stabs super deep into my hand. And so, yeah, it was like just a really deep gash where um, they were going to stitch it. They have to do those deep stitches. And then the the shallow ones, and um, they ended up uh, at the time I was living with a chick who had just come out of medical school, but she wasn't officially a doctor. So she took some of that ER glue uh, that she grabbed from work and uh, just glued it shut, and yeah, it was fine. Wow, <laughs> that stuff's awesome. They make like regular, you know, pedestrian strength, and then they make a pharmaceutical strength, like hospital strength that you can get on the internet. So highly advise if you're prone to injuries. I gotta say though, back in the day, you had that nasty uh, kind of wound on your elbow for a while. Yeah. Just, I mean, that was a pretty good story. You tried to longboard down Madison. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Yeah, and I was, yeah, that was a bad move, too. 
I mean, yeah, I've taken some damage over the years. You know, I think we all have. Yep. But yeah, Madison Street, if anyone's been there, I guess it's kind of similar to yours, Ted, but if anyone's been on Mad- East Madison Street to Madison Street in Seattle, there's three different kinds of pavement. It's really steep. There's no run out if you're a longboarder. There's no run out. There's multiple transitions between pavement types and also from, uh, you know, a, a steep grade to flat and then back. And you go all the way down. And even if somehow you manage to ride this thing, you end up in Puget Sound. But for some reason, after work uh, at night, I had had a couple of drinks. I said I was going to longboard home. I lived in Pioneer Square, worked on Capitol Hill. And so I was pushing into this hill, like not just skating into it, but pushing. And uh, thank God I was on a tiny board, so it didn't let me get too far down the hill. Um, And then right, of course, in front of uh, the quarter lounge, for people who know, there's about 20 people standing out on the curb smoking. And uh, so I'm I'm pushing into it, and all of a sudden I realize, oh, shit, this is not – sorry, Market – this is definitely not sustainable. So I started getting the speed wobbles, going back and forth, and I was like, all right, I'm going to bail. I bail, and of course, it's right in front of like all 20 people, full yard sale, all my stuff in the street, wow. like landed, just like, oh. yeah, destroyed my elbow. Yeah, and everyone, the crowd goes wild. <laughs> <laughs> and then just followed by silence. And so, yeah, it's pretty, yeah, I forgot about that wow. one. That was, yeah, I was scared up for that for a long time. Yeah, but call, Ted. Yeah, I was like, that's a good story. Were, were you walking with us when we walked by? That one day up that hill, you told me that story while we were walking up Madison. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And you point out, like, you see how the concrete does that and the hill does that? Like, oh. Yeah, it's unright. Even a professional longboarder would not try to ride it because there's <laughs> yeah. no run out. There's no point. Like, you just inevitably either crash or go in the water. Yeah. There's not like a long smooth at the bottom. <laughs> right. There's no way to turn out of it no. like, when you hit Western. Yeah, you're in downtown. There's no, no nowhere to go. <laughs> it's all bad news. Uh, all right, uh, Kevin. Thanks for coming in. Uh, also, My thanks pleasure. for giving giving me a good reason to watch the CrossFit games. Right on. Yeah. Right My now, pleasure. we have a rooting interest. I did. You're you're the first uh, CrossFitter game person I've met. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and he, when is you said it's in late uh, late July? Late early? July, early August. Yeah. All right, and that's what ES. I mean, that's on the flagship, right? ESPN or ESPN? They do. The, you know, the, the Masters. A lot of it'll be online. Okay. So you know. Um, I'm not sure what they'll do this year. They did uh, Facebook a couple years ago, and so we'll figure that out here in the next month or so, let you know. All right, excellent. Yeah, please do, and uh, we can make sure to tell our uh, listeners here on the podcast, uh, you know, when, when to watch it and, and everything like that. Awesome. How do we keep up with you? Um, you know, right now, on uh, obviously on the CrossFit Games, that's posted, but, uh, you know, Kevin J. Kester, Instagram, that's, okay. probably, that's probably the best way. You know, I am just, just started my journey there, and cool. um, so keep it up to date for sure yeah the cross or the uh the instagram looks good uh your wife will be happy to know a lot of the ladies in the office very impressed with your physique uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> also yeah this is a guy i'm having on one, one person just went damn I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh all right there you go. oh also i want to say a special thank you to everybody that listens to the podcast uh you know we started it just because we wanted to do something but it's, it's grown some and and just very appreciative i appreciate it and you know everybody's got a little competitive streak keep downloading this mf yeah. <laughs> all right there you go there's episode 259 for mctp for Cobb. i'm the ted smith this is the podcast cheers